Hello. Hello. <laughs> was that a heavy pour or was it a medium pour? Oh, just a small, just small. Just a small, just, just small. a small. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting in my bedroom. Uh, in fact, I'm sitting on the bottom bunk bed with the microphone on a chair. So it just seems a little, <laughs> it seems a little like summer camp to be drinking, pouring a glass of wine for myself on a Friday night. So you are in Italy. Um, if I were to be in Italy, then I would be uh-huh. in a place called Val Taleggio. Val Taleggio. Which is like Taleggio Valley. Which is like cheese valley, basically. <laughs> it's quite. It's interesting in the sense that um, because there are eight of us, and all those things that happen from you know from when you're really young, which is you mm-hmm. know meeting people and and things being exciting and new, and then finding mm-hmm. a rhythm, and then seeing that they've gone out without you, and you think, wait, is that because you know like all that sort of <gasps> stuff that happens? Does that, that still happen? Yeah, maybe it's just me. Is it just me? <laughs> I hope it isn't. I hope it isn't just me. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. Hey, did you get any feedback from the last couple of episodes, the dual episode? I've had a little bit, but I'm curious to see what your feedback was. I've got one, one bit, I think, in particular that I think is worth um, mentioning. And uh, it was someone who was a bit upset. Their feeling was that we got you and I got caught up in trying to understand him and not dealing with, well, how the fuck is this person, this woman, going to go back and go to work and keep working with this man? Like a very a, a very direct kind of, that's the, the, the sort of, according to this person, the, the key the key problem, which is to go, how does this person handle the situation as opposed to us trying to, you know, not, not in an abstract way or more theoretically, but trying to sort of mm. understand the, the, the behavior. Yeah, that's a really um, painfully accurate representation of our conversation. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Yeah, i I have a response which which doesn't. I think probably doesn't defend. It simply gives context, which I will give. Uh, the reason we didn't have that conversation is I know the answer, um, and because I'd had a conversation with the person who'd sent the message in the first instance, I I asked her directly, "How the fuck are you going to go back to work?" And mm. she said, "He has been retired." Oh, apparently there was some other behaviours as well. Now <sighs> it's interesting that it's the other behaviours that resulted in his retirement, not this particular one because she didn't disclose this to her employers so um she doesn't have to go back to work with him but that i think doesn't uh doesn't remove the anxiety of the not the anxiety the upsetness of the person who asked the question because i i think um yeah well certainly a blind spot on my part you know i think it's probably not surprising that you and i dwell or maybe slip into or um you know it's like the path of least resistance is to try and is to is to understand and consider 
let's say broadly speaking, masculinity. Um, mm. So you know, and, for, and again, that's not a defence at all because I fully, fully uh, um, uh, understand how this person was frustrated by our by our conversation, mm. uh, or pissed off, or however yeah. however they described it. But yeah, so yeah. Anyway, I thought it was thought it was pretty interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, and can I, in an unironic and non hedging way, say I'm really sorry? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did respond. My response was, um, was you know, quite obviously for people who listen a lot, these are not scripted conversations. We don't go, hey, let's talk about this and then talk about this and talk about this. And so, and, and part of we think, part of I suspect what we think of as their charm <laughs> when we get it right um, is the sort of sense of, you know, following our noses and, and the kinds of the, 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 the divergences and the tangents and, and following those and then occasionally circling back and sometimes not. So, yeah, there's a, you know, a, a very strong sense of, of them being improvisational and and the possibilities of failure or of just getting it really wrong which is not uh, again uh, this i don't mean that as a defense so much as because i'm i'm not trying to defend um uh, or say uh, that uh, we were right on the money but mm. um but that's it's a, a little bit more context you might say so simon tell me any anything <laughs> any, well, you want me to change the just subject tell me massive record scratch okay um, mm. you know, it's a strange thing, making things. Making art is strange. Mm. I wonder how many of Alice's even have done that kind of thing or made anything that made them think, uh, do they know what it is that you... You know, there's that thing where you don't know what it is that you're making. I think that's the thing mm. that's really tricky. Like if I set out to, you know, I have I work with wood really well <laughs> and, um, uh, and I go, I'm going to make a, I don't know, pencil case... Um, there's a sort of sense of having some sense of where it's going and how to get there. But this, I'm, mm. I'm deep in that land of not knowing either of those things, what it will be and how to get there, even if I did know what it was I was getting to. My days are like a series of, a series of meetings with a version of myself, uh, with, a, with, with the, 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 the most doubt-ridden or doubt-riddled version of myself, but also uh, takes tremendous pleasure in that not knowing. You know, it's a very strange kind of bifurcated um, experience, and uh, it's it's such a pleasure, but also terrifying. So yeah, that's yeah. that's quite that's quite strong. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe this is getting into areas of expertise here, which is dangerous. I think the danger of it. Uh, it's quite delightful though, Simon, because we do spend a lot of time wading well out of our depth into things that we have absolutely no right in commenting upon. And I kind of am really interested in this idea of you having literally relocated yourself into a completely different context, challenging yourself at a kind of a daily basis that you're not with your life partner. You're also not in the, you know, you've You've in another language. Out of the home. Yeah, but but there's more existential stuff happening before you even get to the language. You've moved out of your home that you've been in for 15 years, 13, 13 14 years. That just seems like a lot. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you're in this very sort of churny place, throw in a different language. So, yeah, it feels very um, – in fact, I use the uh, – when we were talking about – we had a sort of workshop over the weekend. I used the word, you know, the feeling of being – of discombobulation, and it sort of became a word for these younger artists who were working for the week. And 
I think the word is scombusolamento in um, in uh, scombusolamento. I think is the word in Italian, and they really, they really, they really hung on to this idea of uh, yeah. It was beautiful talking. Sorry, I'm talking a lot here, but it was beautiful talking. No, I'm listening a lot. It's it really nice. Beautiful talking to them. So these are young artists, um, all almost all Italian. Um, their English was uh, pretty remarkable, and talk to them a lot about and so a lot of what we're talking about is um uh, uh the climate uh, emergency and what it means to make art uh in in that context and just talking to them about th- their sense of having grown up in this that for some if really it was all they could sort of think about and i it was really it was fascinating to hear them talk about the weight of that in their lives, that there was nothing else. They, so there was something about the kind of, um, like something had been taken from them. And that's something that Greta Thunberg has, uh, has talked about, that, you know, her life has been stolen by um, these uh, other other generations. I think that's, I'm not sure if that's quite the word she's used, but so, yeah, really beautiful, really beautiful. And their sort of sense of hope and, um, yeah, just, just beautiful. And lots of walking, you know, we're right in the middle of the mountains and um, it's pretty isolated, like it wasn't easy to get here. Um, <laughs> uh, two trains, uh, three trains and two buses. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we're right, right out in the sticks, as they'd say in Australia. And um, uh, But it's pretty special. Yeah, very, very special. And I do feel... Um, uh, I'll, I, dangerously use the word feel feel very privileged to um, be using this time and trying to get get into it we've talked a lot in the past about your um that sense of being drawn towards italy yes as a place that you might live does something different happen when you are physically there do you see yourself there differently does it make you does it hasten the 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 urge does it make it feel more remote well i'm, I'm just curious what it does because you it, you don't go to italy a great deal or you haven't been a, well this, late. Is the, this is the first time since 2019 so yeah you know, pre-pandemic yeah. so yeah yeah it was a strange experience when i arrived in milan and went i went for a meal i stayed a night in milan because the, the train trips were so long and um and i was really nervous about using my italian it's a very you know it's quite strange because um what happens i tend to speak quickly which is just the worst thing because people just don't know what the hell you're saying um yeah yeah it's a it's i like the question because i what's what's so different now of course between now and would have been i guess november 2019 is that my language skills are so much higher that uh, there's a sort of sense of normality like i've crossed a line into being able to participate here a yeah. line that i hadn't had never passed before so it doesn't feel quite so odd that's i i am I think I'm curious about how it is to be there for you um because some of the some of the guy ropes that tie you down to the u k have been loosened they sure have haven't they in quite an explicit way, so that sense of yeah I just wonder I wonder what it feels like if it feels more like oh yeah this is this is happening this is coming towards me yeah i don't i don't think of it like that i don't tend to be um i don't dwell a lot in the future 
and I, I do I tend if I were to dwell anywhere it would be in the past, which I don't like, but I think I, I, okay. I maybe maybe all of us human beings we maybe we tend towards future or past. I'm not sure, but um, uh, so I tend to be a little bit, oh, this is what's going on now. Um, but uh, I mean, I think what's very different is the sense of people accept you and are comfortable speaking in their language to you. Yeah. So it's not like a, it's not like, I mean, there are times for sure, but it's not like there's an entire struggle going on where they go, "Oh my god, I've got to speak to this guy in Italian." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of that, I suspect, but um, I don't know how to answer your question. It's uh, I, I think the ties uh, and the sense of, um, I, I guess, curiosity about this this country and its problems and its bureaucracy and its beauty and it's the generosity i mean there's extraordinary generosity here that i find deeply deeply moving that generosity is it something that you don't feel in the uk and you can answer that in a way that i can't because you have lived in at least two other land masses before you got here admittedly two places that i would imagine are quite heavily influenced by by British and American cultures. They are. It's true, New Zealand. And they're a strange mixture of those cultures yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I know that you're already kind of, uh, you've been, you were brought Steeped up in a... In it, yeah, I was going to sort of almost say like you were in a prism of the of those cultures. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like that, but reflected slightly differently at you. So it's, you know, it's its own thing. But um, I, I, I do wonder, do you find that sense of generosity different or, or or more present in Italy than you do in, in the UK? Yeah, and I, th- I think I think there's something... And I, you have to be careful. I have to be careful, though, because, of course, London is not the UK, you know, very clearly in the sense it's a big city. And big cities, in, yeah. in my experience, tend to be a little bit the same. And those are, I'm not speaking... I'm speaking about big cities in, mostly in the West, you might say. Um. So there's a I, I don't want to generalize from that experience, but um, but yeah, I think there's something about the if I take for example, so Milan is a big city, right? And if I take for example the my experience of eating, it was quite a juicy restaurant actually. It was an osteria, and it was there was just a sort of sense of the kind of warmth of the place in terms of how I was treated, the kind of pleasure. Of of the and the and the families they're eating at this so there's something about and of course and there's a lot of that is about Italian food and and it's the strength of Italian food in terms of the kind of the glue the cultural glue of the um, of the country but yeah I think I get the sense that there's warmth between people in a way that I think English people tend to be much more guarded. And of course, I can think of lots of exceptions, but you might say there are exceptions that prove the rule. I don't, you know, it's dangerous. I'm on dangerous ground here. Hmm. How does that make you feel? Um, I have spent the last three and a half years being quite rudderless. I left somewhere without anywhere to go to and then just floated to jobs. Some of them were very short-term and not in the UK. So, you know, I, I did work in in, um, in Sweden and in Finland and in, in Portugal. So I, I, I worked all over the place. And I, I don't think I learnt anything about the cultures 
that I was working in that were not in the UK because I was very clearly a visitor. Yeah. And I was very clearly working in my own language. Parachuting in, really. Yeah. Yeah, I was being brought in for very specific projects and it was very targeted and I was in and I was going to be there for a while and then I was going to be out. So there wasn't a sense that I was, um, I was assimilating in any way. But moving around the UK, so I'm, I'm now in my third town, um, it's, it's interesting because I don't recognise at all what you have just described. Yeah. And and yet I recognize every single word of it. Huh. So, let me try to make sense of that for myself. In that the people that I have met and begun to be in relationship with have been generous and warm and um welcoming. Hang on, you mean whereabouts are you talking about that? Everywhere that I've been, so okay, the, these okay. three different places: one yeah. in the northwest, one in the um, oh, yeah. one in the Midlands, in the UK. one in the UK, in, yeah, in the UK, yeah. one in the far southwest. All of the people that I've been in relation with have been lovely, but every time I've st- I've been somewhere because I also in two of those places I stayed in hotels a lot and would eat in a variety of places because I didn't have a kitchen. Um, I was so aware of how unwelcoming and how unfriendly they those places were. Oh. There was a sense of um, distrust. Uh, there was a sense of unease. There was a sense of othering that was happening. Um, and bearing in mind, you know, we've said this before, I'm... A middle-aged, white, cisgendered man. Things that look like me are so ubiquitous in cultural product and on streets, <laughs> is what I mean. Yeah, It's a rare town that you can't find a man of my height, shape, with a beard and no hair. Yeah. In the UK. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. in the UK. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I, I'm, I'm only talking about my experience of being around and about in the UK. So that, that thing about people being guarded is something mm. I've really experienced in exactly the same moment that I'm experiencing a real sense of welcome. In workplaces. In workplaces. That's so, so interesting, isn't it? want to make connections. They want to, they want to um, support you. And I've, I've had no... Obviously, I, I've experienced people being dicks and doing that whole sort of like um, positioning that happens in, in any workplace. And I think quite a lot in higher education. Of course I've experienced that, but... <laughs> but that's in the minority. Most people have just been really warm and welcoming. So when you say that thing that you just said about about being here, about being in, oh, there to you, of course, sure. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, it resonates really strongly and at the same time yeah. is utterly yeah. unrecognisable. And it's such a weird, yeah. it's a weird disconnect. Yeah, and also I, I, that's why I'm, I'm also... Uh, I feel guarded about even making the generalization because, of course, as I said, you know, there are, mm. I can think of many, many people who are just not like that at all. And I felt incredibly welcome. But, but I was just thinking that as you were talking, well, well, actually, there's more implicit in what you're saying is that workplaces create 
an environment in which people don't have to feel guarded or don't have to have that kind of sense of othering, which is different from walking into a restaurant somewhere in a Western yeah. town. And um, no one, you don't have any of those kinds of cues or uh, 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 assumptions about how it is that that person has stepped into this place. Mm. I think what's made me made me reflect a little bit is is how easily I've been sort of looked at askance. It's been quite arresting how cold the places that I have been are. Yeah, and I find myself I find myself thinking, God, if I'm finding this cold and if I'm finding this sense of rejection so Imagine if you didn't explicit, speak English Imagine if you didn't speak English. Imagine if you didn't look like a ubiquitous thing like I look yeah. like. Like a north I mean, just, you're from the north as well, you know. Yeah, oh god, yeah, that. and I totally I, I, I can I can <laughs> I can code switch relatively easily. You know, when I go when I'm up north, my accent becomes considerably stronger. Can you do it a little bit now? No, because I, you know, it's 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 not something that I. It's not a conscious thing. I'm not trying to do it. It's just your voice picks up the cadences and the rhythms. I know so that it becomes uh, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, I know exactly what you mean. If I speak to New Zealanders, it um, yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah. I know that Sting. You know, let's the let's to bring it back to Sting. Of course, all roads lead to String. It's a String to Sting, and um, that I know he got can a I, lot. Can he, I say? Yeah, I, I have had some feedback about describing Sting's mouth as like a prolapse bottom. <laughs> and somebody did say it was the finest description ever. <laughs> I, I, I'm quite proud of that. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes. Um, Going back to Sting. Yeah, that uh, he got a lot of stick for um, dropping his... his um, Geordie Geordie, thank you, his Geordie accent, mm. you know, that he became a little bit... Uh, but I imagine he was... I, I don't I mean, I don't know, but I imagine there's a certain amount of uh, that assimilation going on, which is what we do when we're fitting in. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to keep an accent mm. if you don't live in the place where people are using it all the time. I mean, it's not that it disappears altogether. You know, I, it will be a strange day when I say bath or yeah. laugh or yeah. class. Bath. Because that, yeah, it, yeah, it's always going to be laugh. bath and laugh and class. I'm always going to have those, those slightly... Um, flatter vowels in the middle of words but already i can hear that i said always not always like i would have done at one point yeah right. it would have been much closer to the back of my throat and my mouth would have been slacker when i said always so it would have been my yeah i had a, always. Had a, uh, a beautiful moment with three italians this afternoon um discussing the difference between flower and flower <laughs> <laughs> and they're just looking at me askance like what the <laughs> fuck and i say and i'm just going you have to remember my accent's a particular version of english as well you know yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> my uh my dad <laughs> my dad uh when they still lived here in the uk half the year um they had some of their portuguese friends come to visit them in the uk and they had a great time by all accounts because it snowed now, just to put this into context, Perfect. my parents, when they lived in the UK, lived in Cumbria. So they lived um, almost on the border of Scotland. Very hard winters. Yeah, So you were guaranteed snow every year. And they, I think they had, their friends had visited them in April. And it was an unseasonably <laughs> cold spring. But it snowed. And um, 
and uh, the, the there was a couple, and, and the woman of the couple was just so excited to see snow because she'd never seen snow. She was in her forties, fifties. She'd never seen snow in real amazing, life. So amazing, like, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 guy Antero was like, oh god, this is shit. <laughs> but they went to see. <laughs> it is a little bit like that, isn't it? This is amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, this is shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, it doesn't stop. Fucking hell. But they went to see a castle while they were there. Anyway, <laughs> cut to a couple of months later, and my dad is visit. He's, he's having dinner out with his friend Antero in Portugal. Um, and there were a couple of... Uh, there were a couple of English people who were on holiday in the area, and they'd been invited around to Antero's house. Um, and he was saying, oh, I, I went to uh, to England not long ago. I, uh, I didn't like the snow, but I really liked the, the castles. And this woman said, oh, the castles. And oh, he just wow. looked at her and he, and he looked at her and he went, no, you're saying it wrong. Oh, with no um, beautiful. With no sense of the nuance of what was happening in that kind of north-south yeah, yeah, divide. Yeah, yeah, the, the class. No, 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 no. You've got that word wrong. I'm so sorry, lady. <laughs> you... In fact, it's not even nuance, really. It's kind of brutal divisions yeah. in class, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, trying to return to that thing about it's a little bit like where we feel comfortable, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm uncomfortable with it as well because it's also part of that kind of question about well, who's not in those? Who's not in those spaces? It's almost like it's uh, it's 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 the road more travelled, isn't it? It's like the gravitational pull towards sameness. <laughs> Do you know today, Lee Miller, I went for a swim uh, in a river. Oh, you lucky duck. And um, uh, I went with a, another choreographer, actually, who's here and who I hadn't, hadn't met before. And uh, she and I were um, – it was freezing cold, as you can imagine, the, the water. And mm-hmm. then these big, big rocks that we were lying against, um, sunning ourselves and getting warm from the heat of the rocks. It was just, just mm. beautiful, really, really yeah. beautiful. <laughs> 